0: Yo, what's the deal? with the deal? Yeah, Yeah, you already know what it is. Just say no more. Podcast, we back in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like episode six. And you rocking with Al and B, you know what I mean? We back here to talk some more hip-hop, some more, you know what I'm saying, current events, a couple things here and there. You know, 2018 is starting off nice and, you know, smooth. And we here back again with the sixth episode, you know what I mean? So thank you for tuning in, everybody that has tuned in. And if you did hear something that you like and that you appreciate, please don't remember, you know, don't forget to... Subscribe at, and definitely tell a friend, you know what I'm saying? Let them know what's going on. What's up with you, B? How you?
1: I'm good, man. Chilling, man. Ready to, you know, knock out this next episode. What you what you got to talk about?
0: Man, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to jump right into it, you know what I mean? Something that just came across my my desk, you know what I'm saying, when I'm, when I'm out there out and about searching for hip-hop because that's what you got to do nowadays. You got to see what's really going on instead of the stuff that's always in your face. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, nah, something came through and it definitely plays into uh something that I wanted to talk about about um you know, with this whole nineteen ninety like two thousand eighteen is definitely gonna be the twenty year anniversary for anything that was released or anything that happened in nineteen ninety eight, which was a very, very strong, strong year for uh hip hop the culture and rap music in general, you know what I'm saying? As well as R and B. Like, you know, we always say like the the nineties is like the golden era, you know what I'm saying? And and that's when a lot of innovation, a lot of creativity was going on really, really strong. And um something that definitely came across was uh this joint right here. So um apparently I wanna say it was last night or the night before, uh Mad Lib had a set in Denver, Colorado, and his special guest was no other than, you know, in my top five of uh, MCs of all time, Yasin Bay, and for the people that don't know, a.k.a. Most Death, And, you know, he jumped on the mic and was like, yo, you know what I'm saying, 2018, who ready for that Most Death, that he was? He said, who ready for that Yasin Bay, Talib Kweli, and Mad Live Blackstar come in 2018. Who ready for that? Y'all ready for that? And the crowd was going like kind of crazy. And you know, say he got off the mic and you know, I guess he did, took a break or something like that. And then Mad Lib comes back during, you know, after he did a couple scratches and played some more music. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? One of the brothers that I really miss on that mic is Yasin Bey. He was like, for real, right? He was like, y'all y'all, y'all miss him on that mic, right? And he, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, yeah, so, you know, y'all ready for that album that we got coming for y'all? So Madlib confirmed it himself. You know what I'm saying? And, and I sent you, I think it was either after the podcast, last, after the last episode, I sent you that picture that I've seen on Instagram of uh, Kanye being at the table, Yasin Bey being at the table, and uh Dave Chappelle being at the table in, in Berlin and they had some notes and it looked like, you know, it wasn't no flashiness. It looked like whoever took that picture wasn't even supposed to take it, but it just looked like they was at the table and they had some little yellow notepads and they was working. It was working on something. So my question to you is 2018, 20 years later, it definitely will be you know what I'm saying, for the tw- for the anniversary. How you feeling about a Black Star album in twenty eighteen?
1: You know what? I am excited for it. You know, like like you said, it's been twenty years since the classic debut uh of the original Black Star album. It's good to see them back together. It's good um, you know, that most is, you know, back in the States and hopefully even sharpening that pen. You know, talib has been rapping this entire time. You know, he hasn't stopped dropping. He's been consistently dropping this entire since 98. So I, I'm excited for it. You know, like, that's one of my all-time favorite groups. And I, I think they're going to be cooking up some good. Hopefully, we get it sooner than later, or maybe they preview some songs. Um, that way, we can kind of, kind of get a taste of, of what's, what's to come. But I, I'm really excited for it. And this is hip hop, so anything that's hip hop related, you know, we always excited for. But I, I'm, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Um, are we supposed to call? You're not supposed to call him Most Definitely more. Or what's going on with that? You know. I mean, he he changed
0: the name. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. just like you know, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali. You got respect the man called Yasin Bay. So you know, I'm, when I see him, be like Yasin. You know what I mean? So. Um, but, Joe, hold on real quick. I want to shout out the source where I got this from, OKPlayer.com, you know what I mean, for the information, if you want to go and check the little article about it. But, um, yeah, nah, I mean, I'm super excited, you know what I'm saying? I know I've been seeing more of y'all seeing back. In the states as well, you know what I'm saying? Mingling with people here and there. Taking more, he's getting more active on social media. Not, not, you know, in, in a bad way or anything like that, but just, just visually, you know what I'm saying? You don't really see too much of him like that, you know what I mean? Like the time I, I caught him in the streets, you know, that one time out here in LA when me and Jaquan was going to school, uh, the LA recording school or whatever, you know what I'm saying? We, we was able to, um roll up on him and, you know, he, he kicked us a, a little bit of knowledge that day. But, um, I'm super excited to hear that, of course uh talib his his pen hasn't stopped, you know what I'm saying, especially him recording he just released the radio silence joint uh this year i was, I still haven't uh got a chance to sit down with that joint yet, but I definitely will and um, so, what I was gonna ask you if this is coming, you know what i'm saying and I guess my question part of our question has been answered with the fact that. He said, "Madlib as well, so madlib is gonna be there with the beats uh in order for this like like are you expecting a classic from these guys, or you know what i'm saying is is that like too much pressure because I don't wanna put any pressure on? I'm just happy to hear the music because the last one was revered as a classic, and I guess it's like a two part question because I also sent you something that." Say it got three and a half mics in the source. Now I feel like that's one of them albums that need to be revisited you know what I'm saying? You know because like it's one thing to listen to it initially and look at the time in which the record was reviewed but now over the years that album has held up as a classic. If you go into a place like Amoeba there are no used copies of black star at all like you have to buy that brand new uh i know it's on vinyl um it, it's it's something that i think has lived on you know what i'm saying through time and been appreciated and i think it's going to be even more appreciated obviously this year with um with it being the 20 anniversary so the two-part question is as far as do, are we looking for it to be a classic or just enjoy the music and the other part of it is as far as the production. We got Mad Lid. What else are we looking for? High tech? Maybe some Jay Dilla beats that, cause you know, Jay Dilla's got an endless supply of beats out there. Like, what are you, what are your expectations with the album if we do
1: get it? Um, well, I'll, and I'll, and I'll touch on the initial Black Star after I answer it. Um, it's always good to shake it up, you know, because obviously we would love, you know, them to recreate the same thing they did with high tech. Um, you know, there's other producers on, on the first album, but, um, I, I, I'd be interested because usually when you have a, one producer doing the whole album, you don't have a set sound, so it's not going to be all over the place and the ideas flow a lot better and a little bit more direction. So, of course, I would love to hear Talib, you know, and most with you know Kanye and you know all other producers we love. But I, I'm interested to hear how this comes out, and then from this, obviously, they can spawn more projects, and then more people like to start paying attention with them. So um I'm I'm excited for I, you know, we'll see how it how it turns out. But I, I definitely want to definitely excited to hear it. And then what was the second question?
0: Like with the uh so are we expecting it to be a
1: classic classic? Yeah. I mean, they can deliver a classic twenty year I mean this this is it's a lot harder to to drop a classic twenty years later. Um, mm-hmm. not to say they can't. I mean the I haven't, like I said, I haven't. I don't know. I would. I believe they could, but that's a that's a huge, um, that's huge for them to. That's a lot of that's 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 gonna be hard to do. I mean, mm. you know, what do you think? I mean, I just
0: I don't have a problem with just enjoying. Classic is a
1: big it's a big word. I mean, it 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 gets thrown out a lot around a lot with hip hop. Um, but to create, recreate magic 20 years later, um, that's, that's gonna be hard to do.
0: I mean, cause I'm looking at it like the fact that, like instantly would, like, I, I feel like people wasn't, cause look at the three and a half mics. I feel like people wasn't instantly calling it the classic because at that time, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the first record that we got from Most since before we got the solo albums, the, the initial solo albums. So, right. I mean, with that, I mean, we didn't know how it would live on. I think I, I, that's what I even feel about the whole record report thing is that you got to let an album live for a while because we were talking about last time how, you know, there were certain albums that that got this initial rating and then you went back and checked them again, like, because just the impact you know what I'm saying the impact over time and everything else is is important to to you know bring into the conversation when you're talking about an album of that caliber so what we know from these two MCs and the production that they choose when they're together I feel like just that type of album was just so great you know what I mean like I feel like the reason that we haven't gotten anything because it has to be natural it has to be magic it happens to be. It has to be. It has to feel right. You know what I'm saying. Ultimately, it really has to feel right. And you know, it's kind of like you know, you get into the politics of like, what are you doing it for? You know what I'm saying. Are you doing it for the people? Are you doing it to live up to it in this day and age where everything is judged? There's everybody doing reviews. Everybody's commenting. There's less fans nowadays more than anything. You know what I'm saying? Like because the way that you showcase your your, your you being a fan is, you know, you either buying the album, supporting it, like, like a traditional style, or, you know, putting it up on the Instagram, which ultimately brings, you know, you attention, and this, that, and the third, and it kind of takes it away from the artist to a degree, unless you give them the credit, but, you know what I'm saying, like, who are you really doing this for, like, uh, I really feel like, Yasin is in a place where he wants to make music again because, you know, there was, it was the thing about him retiring, you know what I'm saying? In 2016. And I want to say he, there was some, there's like an album out there where he like collaborated with some other people that I haven't heard yet, but you know what I'm saying? there's, there's another joint, uh, the last joint full on um, project that we got from from most death was the ecstatic you know what I'm saying which oh, I, I love that album uh, incredible music uh, I mean there's not too I have to talk to another most death fan to actually you know get into the album because they're, they're those type of MCs they're, they, they, they've always been sort of like underground no matter if the record goes on the billboard charts or anything like that they always have that underground feel so I'm looking forward to have that, in my opinion. I wanted to have that same feel. I really don't want to hear, like, honestly, me as a fan, I don't want to hear, like, you know, new age trap sounds, 808s, or anything like that. I would love Mad lid production. I would love hot, some high tech production if you could get it there. I would, B J Premier production, you know what I'm saying? Pete Rock. Wow. There's a number of MCs out there, the Beat Miners, who helped with the first one, Mr. Walton Evil B. Like, There's, there's a number of people that I feel that can still bring that sound, some, some production from Q-Tip. If any, if if any features at all, you know what I'm saying? I want it to be, I want it to feel right. I don't, I don't want to look at, I don't want to pick up the album and look at it and be like, ah, like, like this could have been better, you know what I'm saying? Anything like that. I just want it to feel right. That's, that's the thing for me. Like, uh, that's, that's how I feel about it.
1: And and to kind of backtrack to the first most deaf Tyler quality album, um, I think this was a, It's gonna always be overlooked, but I think this was a huge turn in events for hip hop as far as like conscious music, because before that, you know, the roots. I want to say they came out in '96. De La Soul around the same time. Um, and then we know Common came out in '97. Now these artists, is, you know, they've been out for a little while. Um, you know, they they brought hip hop and conscious rap to a, another level. But I think with the sounds of Black Star, this was kind of like a new. This is kind of like a new age conscious rap, but also um, you know New York New York sound and just like. I think this was one of the most important albums. If we really think back, this album, what they did, and then how it spawned the you know Rockers Records and everything that came after that, even with most Death and Talib spawning off to their own solo careers. But I think these two guys, they really just paved the way for so much more, and. Back then, if you think about '98, you got no limit. You got you know cash money starting to bubble up. You got DMX. You got Jay Z. You got you know Puff kind of ending his, well not ending his run, but Bad Boy still in the mix. So you, and not to say that that's negative music, but it's not necessarily any balance um, as far as conscious rap. So I think with them planting that seed, but kind of putting their twist on it then you get like art groups like dad prez and you know for a month start to drop after that so i think that really was a very important album Uh, i just remember seeing their video for the first time and you know I, i didn't you know i'm not gonna lie i saw it on rap city maybe three four times and you know i skipped it or i changed the channel but i remember the first time i was like you know what I'ma give this a you know, I'ma just listen to it and I was just blown away. I was like, this is it's just different, you know. It was just it was just something different. I knew from then on, I was like I have to buy this C D. Like I was like once I heard definition, I was like, Yeah, this this is something different. This I don't I didn't know I've never heard either of these artists before. That's what I love about Rap City back then, is because it's like you, you know, you got a chance, because that's how important videos were, because videos meant everything, this was, like, your, your commercial to, you know, the world of hip-hop, and those sounds, those beats, the rhyming styles, just everything, like, grasp, you know, just grabbed me, I was, like, that just took me right in that direction, I mean, obviously, I still bought all the other albums I, I mentioned, but I definitely want to say that, that song just changed everything, and and that album changed everything. So I, I think that was very important. So for so that's why I am I am really excited to see what they're gonna bring with with this new one because they could be kind of like heading in that same direction, or hopefully there's a new sound that comes out of it. But it's like you said, not with any trap records or anything they're trying to do to stay relevant. Um what whatever sound is out now, uh, I don't believe they'll even fall into that trap. I think they're gonna bring something original.
0: That's what's up. I mean, I, I feel I feel a hundred percent the same way. Uh speaking of Rockies records, they got started in ninety five and um I believe they this was their fifth release. You know what I'm saying? They they released their first record in ninety six. Um, they did the lyrics' in ninety eight, sound bombing in ninety seven. And they dropped this in 98. Um, and that, that was their, those were the only two releases, Lyrics and Volume 1 and, uh, Black Star. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and they went on to also, um, release most and Taleb's first albums. You know, Taleb with Train of Thought with High Tech and then Black on both sides with most. So, yeah, like, I think Araucus Records, you know what I'm saying? Definitely, they, you know, they they are definitely missed in this day and age. Um, yes, definitely coming out of New York City. Um, yeah, I miss I miss that whole that whole era. You know what I'm saying. So it, it's good to hear these vibes and elements coming back. You know what I'm saying, especially when and 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 I think a guy like Mad Lib, you know, um, rest in peace to Jay Diller that that's not here. You know, I think he is perfect for that understanding and that mentality. And especially because Madeline is is not, he's always doing something different, something new. So I think we're going to, I really, I really am excited about this. I think it's going to be something special. It's going to be really dope. Um, Not, not to stay on it, you know, way too long or anything like that, but um, I had a couple more joints for you off of that. Um, Basically. So we definitely hype. Uh, Did you know, like how you knew the whole thing about the children's story the bad boy this
1: no i didn't
0: like like you know how like um uh, so like quest love tells the story man and i gotta find the link and send it to you but he uh he basically tells this story about how and that's how i how i heard about it when he was telling the story and he was like yeah they was like rocking and, um, I forget where they were doing this at, but, you know, most was rocking the children's story joint. And the whole thing was kind of about, you know, me, me, uh, me and you going to make some cash, uh, Jack and old beats and making a dash. You know what I'm saying? Like he's talking about puff and taking samples and all of the stuff that was going on at the particular time. So when he's, when he's doing this at one one of these shows and they're rocking out with um uh, with the children's story, uh what you call it, like Questlove and then was like cheering it on and I guess Puff kinda knew that this record was about him and Puff was in the building that night and he said that's what Quest love was like, yo, that was when you understood the gangster of Puff, like the Mount Vernon, like he rolled up on them, took him to a back room and was like, yo, I was a fan of y'all. He was like, he was like chastising them. And he said, they felt like, like they was literally Diddy's sons at that point, you know what I'm saying? Cause he was bad and heated. And not to mention, like this is, this is a little sidebar, but you do know, you remember the What They Do record, right? By the yeah.
1: Hoops. You remember how, yeah you, well, yeah, you know, now, that like, was definitely that now that was definitely more <laughs> yeah, everybody knew that like yeah. a little more
0: blatant but that that was. that was part of the feud. like they really thought that you know Creman wasn't rocking with nothing that they was doing and, and and biggie was a huge fan of the roots, but he was hurt by all of that stuff, you know what I'm saying that they was that that was going on at the time and, and i mean you could kind of tell like everything about that album black star was like anti whatever the hell was going on that's what rock is represented rock is represented the the raw mcs and and gave them a house and a place to kind of just go and do your thing and release albums sort of like um what's the other joint that peanut butter wolf does uh uh man i forget the name of it. Stone throw Stone, Stone. is like another place for that funky, different, eclectic artist just being artists and getting out there and doing your thing. Like, those type of labels, that's why those labels existed. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it allowed Jay Diller and uh, Mad Linn to just get all of their shit off and just, like, just be free. And then Mayor Hawthorne and all these other people that are, um that that have come out. There's tons of names, you know what I'm saying, under Stone's Throw. uh, It's a quick thing. We always talk about movies, but for the listeners out there, if you haven't seen the movie Our Vinyl Ways a Ton, definitely check that joint out. It's a great movie, uh, Peanut Butter Wolf, The Story of Stone's Throw. There's some Dilla in there. There's some Mad Lib in there, Quasimodo, all of that, all of that good stuff. Go check that out, Our Vinyl Ways a Ton, if you get a chance. Well, um, yeah, that's pretty much everything that I really wanted to touch on it. I mean, we're both excited about the joint, 20 years. Um, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, one of my favorite tracks off the joint was Respiration. Um, you know what I'm saying? Of course, the the singles, but Respiration is something about that beat. That's, like, one of my favorite samples off of it. And um, I, I, I will remind me of there's another record out, or I'll just say it right now, there's another record out, it's a mixtape, it's kinda hard to find, but it's called Yassine Gay. So that's a play on Yassine Gay and Marvin Gay. And this dude pretty much took Marvin Gay's sound and some of Moseth's sound as well and blended it with most Def's rhymes along with Marvin Gaye's sounds and also vice versa. And it's like, uh, I want to say it's like 12 joints. Um, it's called, uh, Yasin Gay. De- Yasin Gay. uh, damn, I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll come back with the name of the joint, but it's, it's, uh, 12 tracks. I'll put the information in, in like, the description, so you could, uh so you could get it, or wherever I could find it at, or wherever I did find it. It's been a while since I've had it, but um, the departure—that's the name of it. It just came to me. The departure, Yasin Gay. So you spell it out: Y A S I I N and G A Y E, and just put in the departure. I'm not sure how you can get it MP3 off the internet. How you get it is how you get it but it's a great project. I'm driving for Uber, and I played that joint in the car many, many times, and I'm talking about from old, from just older people that just know Marvin Gaye's music. They just be in the back bopping their head because, you know, most came with them rhymes, and and just the blend between the two is incredible, but they did an ill remix on on Respiration, and I mean, that shit is incredible. Like, um, so if you ain't heard that, Go definitely check that out. That's my music recommendation for this week. Um, you know what I'm saying? But uh yeah, that's all now I got on have, that joint.
1: To kinda of go back backtrack a little bit for the the Black Star children's mm-hmm. story, which is a you know, a play on you know, um Slick Rick's children's story. Of course. From his from his album. Now with with him saying that he jacked the beats. And he made money off it. How do you how do you feel about that? Because we're talking about sampling, and we all know sampling is a staple of hip hop. Now I know there's different ways to sample. Puff literally took the entire song and redid it. And if we kind of think back, if you're not old enough and you didn't grow up, you know, in um, in like let's say the 60s, 70s. Then you probably never heard a Diana Ross song, or you may or may not heard it. So a lot of the new rap fans they didn't grow up on certain records. So when we hear Puff do it, this may sound like a brand new song that he created. But on the flip side, if you if you knew about the history, or you listened to that music, or your parents did, then you know that was a you know a, a, I would say a duplication of a song that came out. Um, how do you feel about him? Do you, what do you think he was trying to say as far as most death when he said he was jacking Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, or whoever you know, whoever Puff was using back then? How do you feel about that? Do you think Puff was in the wrong, or do you think that that is hip hop? Um, how do you feel about that?
0: I'll give you a perfect example because that's sort of how I came into. Producing for all those that don't know, uh, DJ Naza is my, uh, DJ name, but, uh, Naza has just always been my producer name. I've been producing for like maybe, uh, about 10 years now, and, uh, maybe a little longer than that. I, I don't, really remember. I lose count. Like, uh, I, I, I I'm not one of the producers that knows, like, all of my stats or anything like that. I do it because I love it. So, but the thing that got me into producing was exactly what you're talking about. And the very, very first time I figured that I wanted to do something was uh, my mother would play Cool and the Gang Hollywood Swinging a lot, a hell of a lot. And i never forget, um, you know, hearing that song and I wanted to use that music to make something else because I just loved it. And then in 97, I believe, is when Mesa's album came out. It Feels So Good was the single. And uh, I remember telling my mom, like, yo, I'm mad because Puff stole my idea. Now, you know, stupid little kid, whatever, Puff ain't stole nothing for me. Like, you know, it was an idea that I had that I never did anything with. It just is what it is because there's young producers, this, that, and third. But that style of it is what I was first introduced to sampling. Like, that's how I was introduced to it. So I remember – like jamming out to some record, I forgot what it was, and I told my mother, like, that song that you're playing is just like, they took the same stuff from the song I'm listening to, because I didn't know whatever, you know, whatever my mom was playing, I didn't know what, when it came out, and she was like, no, it's the other way around, they used this from that, and it was like, oh, like, you know what I'm saying, so then I started, when you start, that's when I opened up the book, She she showed me and um, whatever c d it was uh that here this contains a sample of mm-hmm. such and such mm-hmm. so when i'm when I'm looking at when I first got the biggie album for my sister, I bought it for her birthday, uh life after death, and I remember like going I listened to the whole album like on the little I dubbed it and listened to the whole album before I gave it to her officially. So I didn't need it anymore. I made my copy. I opened the official book and I looked through and I looked at all of the samples to see where they all came from. That is something that Puff did that a lot of other producers, as I got older and started really like understanding what I truly loved about the, you know, what, what was a uh, part of hip hop culture and sampling uh, when it came to the rap music was that they took a little bit, like it, you started to have to try to make it harder because there was the whole battle between uh, the little bit that Prince Paul was taking and he took from so many different people for all the Day Daylife albums. And that one Biz Marquee album that uh, I think it was his second one that with all the samples that he had on there, the people was like cease and desist this album will never come out and then it had to be a rule where you had to put you know certain stuff in there and there's there's a lot of records out you know that other producers would you know chop to the point where you would never be able to find out you know what i'm saying and so therefore you could get away with putting a record out with samples and you didn't have to clear them and pay anybody um so, so back to your question I didn't, I don't have a problem with it because initially that's what got me interested in doing it. If it wasn't for hearing it that way, I don't know how things would have been if it took me, you know, as long as it took me to hear, um, mass appeal, you know what I'm saying? For me to try to figure out, do I want to do it or am I capable of doing it? It's a lot easier in my opinion to, and I'm sure a lot of people, you probably would agree, that you hear a record, you want to do the record over again. You just take the beat, take the instrumental, add some drums to a boom, and then you got yourself a song. You know what I'm saying? When it takes everything, like look at Juicy. Juicy is not too far off from, you know, the actual record. The break part of Herb Alpert's Rise, which gives you, um, which gives you, uh, you know, um, the hypnotized. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a part that everybody knows. You know what I'm saying? It's and that that's where that's where Puff shine. You know what I'm saying? Because even taking something that's super classic like that and making people look at it in a different way is you got to have some talent to do that. Yes, to a degree, I think it's bad when. Cause there are some joints that I hear, like, uh, you know, I, I'm be honest, like, and as fine as she is, look, her mom's played me out when I was at soul Train in front of her face. But look, when Shanti did that foolish record, first off, that record wasn't for guys. I wasn't on board because I'm like, I'm like the only reason that you on this foolish record or everybody's loving it is because of the beat. That beat was made classic. And obviously he took that from somebody else but to redo a song and stuff like that like i think that was it wasn't my cup it wasn't my cup of tea you know what i'm saying like like biggie the beats the rhymes made great songs you know what i'm saying and he made amazing puff made sure that this dude made great songs it wasn't just about you know just the hardcore uh, you know, certain records like you couldn't get away from it because that's what Biggie came with the hardcore lyrics. But when Puff got behind it, Puff was trying to do—he was trying to make you dance. He was Puff was trying to capture that feeling from those records at that time. Completely different from what most Death does, from what Ty does, from from what your underground artists are gonna do because it's about. Their voice and, and, and you know what I'm saying. Like as long as the 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 record, as long as what they're saying has the production to give you over that, then then fine, you got a great record for for them. You know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, is is not going to be on the Billboard charts. It could make it there. You know what I'm saying. But that that's not where they're aiming. Puff is aiming for them Billboard charts. He was trying to take out Death Row. You know what I'm saying? Death Row was the competition. That's, that's where that music lies. Like, look at the ones that Dre did. You know what I'm saying? When Dre actually sampled, that was a classic song. And especially amongst the West Coast, like people were playing that, you know, um, the, I want to do something freaky to you. Once you heard that line, that, that music in that point, Dre knew what he was doing with that. So it worked and it put hip hop it put rap music on the main stream. That's what it did. But you have to have the antagonist. You have to have the person that looks at it and says, okay, that was part of, you know, hip-hop culture was the fact that when Rapper's Delight came out, it was looked at as nah, this, this ain't, you know what I'm saying? This ain't what we really over here doing. We over here creating something. And I feel like that's basically what most was trying to kick off with that. Like we over here creating something where we're intricately taking these records and, and piecing together like parts and making sounds, you know what I'm saying? Or like th- this, like I might get a kick out of a guitar. You know what I'm saying? Or I might get a snare out of stretching and doing these different things and creating other sounds and then putting them together backwards, forwards, all these different ways in in regards to, producing a new record as opposed to i'm gonna just take this because this was hot playboy you know what i'm saying like like that's something the public say you know what i mean but i'm just like look it, it you you gotta have a balance you know what i'm saying i gotta have the records in the club that you're gonna dance to and then i gotta have the other joints that's going you know it's gonna make me think man it's gonna make me grow grow my mind my intellect everything like that so I'm, I'm not mad at either one of them for doing it. You know what I'm saying? I love I love that I got that record, Children's Story, you know what I'm saying? And, and check, even with that, he didn't even do that the same. You know what I'm saying? He could have easily took the Slick Rick joint, just just the beat again, you know what I'm saying? And then there you go. But, nah, he chose to do it, you know what I'm saying? Who I forget who produced that one, but they just did it in a different way. But he took the idea... To showcase new ideas, you know what I'm saying. So that's that's where that's where rap or hip hop should be. Hip hop is take, you know, taking things. It's not like you reinvented the clothing style, you know. You just freaked it hip hop style. It ain't like you reinvented dancing. You just dancing and want to spin on your hand. You know what I'm saying? You want to do something different with it as opposed to just on um, taking the whole style. So I, I I feel most, you know what I'm saying. I feel them. But at the same time I ain't gonna tell you that I don't love these tough records, man. Some of them they, they classics. What, what can you do? I mean, how you feel about it?
1: Well yeah, and to kind of backtrack to Shanti, I think um launching a new R and b act is really hard and I think Irv Gotti part of his part of his production value is he knows how to, you know, make, you know, songs almost into movies or recreate samples. That were um, you know that were previous songs because like you said she did the one more chance um, she did she actually did two Biggie records which was really big um, also she um, she sampled that I don't know if you remember that Jodeci freaking you remix with Rayquan that that mm-hmm. shit was hard yeah. um, she did that yeah. on her second album that song called you and then also. I don't know if you. I know. I know you remember the Nas and Daru, the Pledge. That was the so many tears um, song. So I think. So I think part of part of Murder Inc was bringing back older songs um, that were hits, and then kind of putting their own spin on it. Which I actually, if you learn to appreciate it now, because everything is like trap heavy, so there aren't as many. Everything kind of sounds the same now. So. I think that was important back then because then you you know you can pretty much do whatever you want with samples, and then to, to kind of speak on it with with Puff and sampling, it wasn't just Puff. If you really think about the West Coast, Dr. Dre, even mm-hmm. Big exactly. Quick, they use a lot of like you know Parliament, George Clinton, like Rick James, Cameo, so a, a lot of and and that's what kind of spread that's that helped define sounds because if you remember, West Coast they have more like the G funk, um, those type of records. The South, every everyone had their own, um, every region had their own samples, things that they use to get records. So, I feel most on one end like what he's saying. Like Puff would use a whole song. But if you hear how he, Puff really flipped it. Like, even though it was the sample, he put his own spin to it. And it's, the the sound was always clear and crisp. And the beats is, they was always hard. If you, if you think about Can Nobody Hold Me Down with Mace, like, we know we've heard that sample so many times before that. But for some reason, the way he did it, it just came out super classic. Like, I don't know how. Puff does it, and how he kept doing it. But whenever the first time you he heard that song, that was it was a mega hit, and all the all the all the songs he was doing out there, everything just it was just all gold. So yeah, I mean it was crazy. I, I, so I, I think part of hip hop is I, I love sampling. You know, like I said, a lot of stuff that we would hear unless you grew up in the seventies. This is probably your first time hearing it. Or maybe if your parents didn't play it as much, um, this was probably your first time hearing it. And plus, you know, a lot of these kids are just like us. We grew up on music that our parents listened to. And that, you know, and a lot of that music inspired our favorite rappers. So I never had a problem with sampling. But I I get what most were saying, Um, you know, at some point, I mean, it worked. So while it's working, you got to keep turning out hits.
0: It's, you know what's crazy? Puff is not on a lot of people's producer
1: list. Like, the top he, five producers... He's gotta, he's gotta be. It's just that lane is he's so hard. He's gotta be,
0: but he's, he's just not on there. Like, when is when have you ever heard somebody say Puff Daddy is on their producer list?
1: You know what? Um, speaking of that, I, I haven't personally... But mm-hmm. recently, I think it was like yesterday. Ti was mentioned because Ti Ti was mentioning Dr. Dre as far as like you know the top. Then he said like Timbaland, like they're in that same realm. Then he mm-hmm. said Kanye's right after that. Then he said um, Neptune was after that. Then he then he finished off and said um, Swiss was right after that. So if you even then like you said Puff. Isn't that you're right, Puff is never brought up. And then maybe that kind of goes back to what what most Def was saying. Maybe he felt like Puff wasn't producing originals. But, you know, if you name all those, you know, a lot of these people that we love, too, they use samples. But I think Puff definitely should be in the mix, and we definitely will be talking about the, the greatest producers of all. We do get into that. It's a hard lift track. Today. It's a yeah, really hard one.
0: I'm gonna tell you somebody that's off top that a lot of people don't even think about. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and yeah, we going I'm putting my old head cap on for all you young niggas out there that might hear this and be like, eh, you know, old man, Marley Marl. Oh, because if Marley Marl doesn't do what he did, hip hop. Rap, we don't have it. We don't have it because if you know your history and there's there's documentaries out there, Hip Hop Evolution. There's I would highly suggest Rest in Peace, Combat Jack, Combat Jack episode. And I want to listen to it again, just just to hear it again. Combat Jack, the Combat Jack show, and his guest was Marley Marl. You Yo, the history, the history of the sample. And we're talking Big Daddy Kane. We're talking LL Cool J. We're talking like, I'm talking about all of, people really need to go, when LL came out with the album, 10. That means LL had 10 albums. Each one of them albums got a hit. He may have had a lot of songs. You might not remember all the songs, but each album got hits. And Marley Mall is responsible for a lot of production. Marley Mall is responsible for, uh, partly responsible for one of the greatest battles of all time between MC Shan and KRS1.
1: You know what I'm saying? When it came.
0: Son, like, man, the beats, like, yo. So that's, that's yo, a whole other conversation. I was, that's a whole I was playing,
1: funny you mention that a month ago, I was I was playing both of them songs, and them shit's still so hard today. Like, is this the bridge,
0: cool. the, 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 the bridge, the bridge. Yo, that shit is so, good. just the beat and the rock, yo, it's super hard, yo. You just feel like, I don't know, man. It's just, I feel, you feel like you're there. You know what I'm saying? You feel, it, it gives you a feeling like no other to play some stuff. And that's what you really call classic. When you put it on and you just get a feeling just out of nowhere. Like, it's just, that's incredible, man. That that music can do that to people in so, so many years later on. But uh, that that wraps up all of my stuff on, uh, you know, uh, Day. Talib Kweli, Madlib, um, definitely what I want to start doing um, and, and on these particular dates, um, if we can just you know get it together to where we'll we'll um, do something special on the actual date that the album is releasing or whatever. But we'll talk about that more offline in the second third. So, uh, but yeah, that's my thing. I'm excited for Black Star. Hope hope we get it. And um, you know, there's a couple of tracks they released was floating around here and there. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm hyped, man. Like I've been waiting, I've, I've been waiting to hear more from the two of them. And most definitely, my top five. Excuse me, MCs of all time. So I'm, I'm hyped. I can't wait for it. Um,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. What's up? Whoa. Speak on it. What's up? Speak
0: so on what most.
1: Yeah, you said all, all time.
0: Yeah, he's in my top five. Number. You said what number? Uh, he might be fifth.
1: Okay, we will definitely, be fifth. We'll definitely, we'll definitely, we'll definitely dig deeper into that.
0: Yeah, cause I mean, we real, real talk, like. I mean, because we've we, we talked about... Overcommon? You know, most overcommon.
1: That's... That's... That's tough. Yeah, man. I mean, we'll that's we'll tough. dig into See, in I don't even like again. five.
0: I, like, we'll talk... I don't like five, man, because it's too. I don't minutes. have like, a
1: five. You gotta, I don't have a five. You got to give me I ten. A... You got to give me ten, son. You got to give me, like, I, ten. I don't... A, 15. I don't have a number like 5. I don't have it,
0: a number 5. That I think I've been going 5 since, I can't, like, I you can't know, do a five. top 5 that are alive. How, what, what number would you do? 20?
1: Well, no, like, I got a top 5, but I don't have a number 5. I, I have top 4, like, like that'll never change. But I, mm. I can't figure out who I can put in a number 5, because that, that's, that's extremely hard to me. So I have to really... That 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 would take a long time for me to say. This is the fifth best rapper of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's it's all your opinion too. At the end of the day, I just think that most these are two people. Most definitely, Black Thought, especially now that I've now that I'm older, you know what I'm saying? From because when you were a kid, you know what I'm saying, you listening. But I don't, you know, I don't know if you, you hearing it, but I don't know if you really like listening. Like the stuff that they say affects you. You know what I'm saying? And the stuff that they say, like you could really take that and like dig deep into it. Like most has said just in the, in the amount of albums that most has delivered and who he is and who he's become spiritually and a whole bunch of things. He just does something for me that other m c s have never really touched on to a degree um you know what i'm saying and 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 black thought man i mean just the like i've been, I've been on my roots i i my roots collection for cds is solidified like front to back, everything that they've done, you know what I'm saying I even got bonus stuff that they've done and like and I've really sat here and over these like maybe last three last three. Years of me driving for Uber and stuff like that and being this close to Amoeba and being able to dig deep into all of this stuff, like, um what you call it, uh, Black, Black Thought has risen through and broke past a whole bunch of MCs. And truth be told, the real thing with most, and, and, and back to the Black Star thing, we'll, we'll leave it there, you're the one, like, I never heard the Black Star album until I met you. You know what I'm saying? And you let me you let me listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Because at that time my introduction to Black Star and all of that was through A one. You know what I mean? Like when A one was popping and this is like 2000, because the album came out in ninety eight and I knew the song. I knew, you know, one, two, three, most definitely I knew I heard that. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was dope, but I remember that's from I remember hearing, you know, K R S one, so it reminded me of that. But um I didn't know them like that, you know what I'm saying? I didn't I didn't know the album at the time. I didn't have it or anything like that. So when when I got here and you were able to let me get like, 'cause I knew Miss Fat Booty and um, I knew uh, what's the joint with him and bus Rhymes? I think it's Speed Law. Um, yeah, like I knew that from um, I knew that from uh, what you call it, uh, from Air One. You know what I mean? So what, by the time when you gave me them two albums, well, you let me hear that when you gave me my first copy of uh, Black on Both Sides, because I think you had two. And I lived with that album, you know what I'm saying, for a long time. That's what got me when the New Danger came out, I was on it. When uh, the next joint came out, I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, uh, the Boogeyman joint. Not the Boogie... Not, not New Danger, but it was... Uh, the purple CD, I forget the name of it, but um, I've I've gone back and listened to that again. But then the ecstatic man, like I've been a super hardcore Most deaf fan, you know what I'm saying? So he he definitely wrote, him and Black Thought, man, they they definitely rose up on my list like a long long time ago. I was res- I respect and love them dudes, you know what I'm saying? Especially and the fact that they can still do it. Those are two dudes that like they don't change. They're they're, they're themselves and when you when you hear them on the mic. You're gonna, you, you know what you're gonna get. So, uh, that's my piece on the whole Black Star thing. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, so what you got the what you got to kick it about the, on the podcast today?
1: So, I know a few episodes ago, we talked about Joey Badass. Um, mm-hmm. you know how he was saying there's no more soul in hip hop, hip hop's trash.
0: Uh mm-hmm.
1: But then we find out he supposedly Ghost wrote Pope Malone rock star.
0: Okay. Talking and
1: Pope Malone is self he said many, many times that he's not a rapper. He's just doing his own thing. And then I remember the interview we had remember when um Everyday Struggle, they was at that award show last year. And Mm -hmm. he showed up in, like, some kind of, like, some cowboy, you know, clothes. And that kind of threw me for a loop because I remember, like, the White Iverson, you know, video, and I didn't see that. And then I started seeing other images of him. So, and I also, you know, it it sounded like he tried to do country before rap. And this is Mm. all kind of, like, he's not really a rapper He's more just performing rap music, but he doesn't want to be a rapper. So that would kind of make me feel like if it's like if you if you believe in there's no soul, if it's trash, and then he's you know he's performing a song for someone who doesn't even care about the culture. Then, also, a lot of people have, you know, certain feelings about Triple X, you know, um, Tentacion, and then them dropping a mixtape together. Even though we haven't heard it, so we're just speculating. All this kind of feels that, you know, it kind of feels like, on one end, I feel Joey, you know what I'm saying, like he's pure hip hop 100%. But then he works with artists that people don't feel their pure hip-hop 100%. But then he still has these certain statements, and then he he makes us, if you heard Rockstar, it sounds like something that, um, you know, just a basic song that is, you know, a trendy song that anybody can write. We're not saying, you know, anybody can write, but just anybody can perform, but it's not like pure hip-hop. So saying that, are you excited for this mixtape that we heard that's coming out? How do you feel about him ghostwriting for Post Malone? And do you feel like it's adding to the culture, or do you feel like he's almost, in a way, almost like just, not enabling, but just kind of like adding to songs that are, you know, that are, readily available that are made all the time, like, that He he's starting to speak out against, like, how do you feel about that? On one end, he's trashing it, but then he's helping it.
0: Hmm. Um, I mean, I guess i put it like this. I love Joey, right? And I know Joey's core. And I will say I'm going to give the comparison to – I'm sure you heard – and I'll go right back to it. I don't want to stay on it too much, but we could talk about it. Quincy Jones – I don't know if you heard about this, but Quincy Jones has been airing a lot of niggas out. Let's just, let's just oh, say, oh, keep, it, keep, it, keep it a thousand. He been airing a lot of niggas out. You know what I'm saying? It, it just is what it is. So Quincy Jones said Michael Jackson stole a lot of songs, and Michael Jackson was greedy. He was Machiavellian. Like, he wanted, you know, all of this stuff. Look, man, Michael Jackson wanted to be great. Like, are you going to look at. What Michael Jackson, what, what Quincy Jones is talking about, and 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 put that on Michael Jackson, or this, that, and the third, or you know, he he said something else about the vitiligo and him just doing way too much with the plastic surgery. Okay, these are the opinions of somebody that was very close to this guy, and he also saw if he did steal songs and this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever. Like, look, it ain't gonna erase whatever the greatness of what these this music was that he delivered to us. That's number one. Number two, even if you wanted to just go with that particular narrative, Michael Jackson was a kid in the Jackson 5, and the talent was there before he became off-the-wall, thriller, bad, this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying? Before he became this particular – became became the best ever. So I put it at Joey, like, with a um to bring it back, Joey does the thing Rockstar, right? He also did Devastated. Now, when Devastated came out, I was like, okay, he, like, singing a little bit, but it was hard. It was a good song, you know what I'm saying? And I've seen him, and and it was like, you know, it was cool, and I wasn't just completely rocking with it at first, and I've seen a video of him performing it. And how he was getting down and the crowd was going crazy. And I was just like, this dude was like 21 and rocking a crowd like this. And it wasn't like they were there for Devastated because it was a new song. They were there for Joey and him, 1999, for the pro-era mixtape, for uh Summer Nights, uh before the money they were there for that joey and then ultimately the all-american badass he was in the studio as the story goes and he was trying something and they was like yo this this shit sounds dope like make something out of it and they put it out and saw what it did and sometimes with, with so many stories and music we and, and the business being a part of it it's really hard to say, like, what you are getting that is actually authentic or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, we hear these stories of, like, you know, Jay waking up at 4.44 and, you know, that, you know, the idea that he had and then that kind of sparked the album. It's easy for somebody to write that off and be like, oh, you're just building this up to be a story, you know what I'm saying? Or how people looked at Lemonade and was just like, Oh, Beyonce ain't really feel that way. She's just doing this. This is a fake thing between the two of the manga. Like, it's almost to the point where we can't just appreciate the goodness of, you know, creation or things that actually happen when you actually find out. Cause everybody wants to know. But with Rockstar, I mean, he co wrote it. I'm looking at Joey like, yo, you getting that? co-writing co- bread you know what I'm saying he, and it was funny that that came out because there's a rock star remix with T-Pain and Joey Badass on it and I was just thinking in my head well Post Malone you don't really do hip hop like that like so why would you I, I know you, I see you with 21 Savage I see you with the people that's popular but well, why would you let Joey jump on the remix Joey's not even that type of you know what I'm saying He he's, he's more underground you know what I'm saying and Post Malone could very well like Joey that could be the way that they got in the studio. I mean, he's a young dude. You know, they both young guys or whatever. But um, I would like with that record. It's it's a dope record for him. You know what I'm saying? Like I, his thoughts and opinions on hip hop. I just think you know what it is with Post Malone, and and this is not to go on too too. Post Malone don't know how to talk. Like I think he he doesn't know how to talk to. People, when it comes to interviews, when you look at interviews, like even when Charlamagne asked him about Black Lives Matter, he should have just said nothing. Not I, I don't I don't know. I, I didn't know I had to do something about Black Lives Matter. I didn't know because I'm doing this music that that was something that was required of me to do. Just say what it is that you feel. You know what I'm saying? You ain't doing nothing about it. You didn't know that you had to do something about it. Do you think I should do something about it? Do you Is the reason that you're asking me because you feel like I should do something about it? And if so, tell me what to do so that I cannot be going, you know, if, if I'm looked at as disrespecting something or looked at as a cultural trip. He wants to know, ask the questions and be honest. But some people are put on the spot. Some people are nervous, this, that, and thirst. So I don't know what the hell he's telling all these interview people. He's saying one thing here. He's saying one thing there. I don't really rock with Post Malone like that anyway, because you can't come across and tell me White Iverson. There is no White Iverson. There will never be a White Iverson. There is Iverson. I don't know what the hell he's talking about on that record. I don't like that record. If he hears this, who the hell cares, because this is my opinion, but that's just me. I was not trying to fill this kid off the back. The Rockstar joint, it's a dope record. Don't get me wrong, it's out there, but... I don't give it too much weight. Now, the thing that I will say is this Triple X dude. Joey, obviously, is experimenting and doing different things because there is a video of him redoing, like, Purple Rain. And I think Joey is talented, and he has more chops under him than anything else. I think, musically, this kid is gifted, and he might just be, that's probably why he was the standout of pro era because he just has a lot more onto it. I think he has a hand in his production. I think he has a hand in writing his hooks. He's not a guy to just get, does some rhymes and need a hook and this, that and the third. Do I think that mixes with triple X? I don't know if triple X is talented or not. What I saw that was talent that came from him was semi grudge on that album, grunge on that album. That he released. That album was not a rap album. That album's not for me as a rap fan or anything like that. The Look at Me record, whatever. That's that's something that you threw in there to get the people. But the album is not a rap album. It sounds more like rock singing. This, that, and the third. And there's a lot of people like him, Trippy Red, that's trying to blend stuff. I feel like that kid can make music for that lane that there's not a lot of people grunge is not something that's super thriving right now pop and rock and your traditional stuff is i think he has a lane in that but rap is number the number one genre period hip-hop culture is the best culture out here period so and it's, it's the leading culture that's that's what's going on right now so i feel like he grew he, he's from florida that he you know he definitely listens to rap music and he knows these people in this center third but i i look at this kid as a joke i really do i look at him as a joke like the even the grunge wasn't mixed properly it didn't sound great you didn't have vocal coaching or any of these things that people go into to create an album if you did you need to step that shit up because it sounded the, the the sound of it. Me being graduating from the LA Recording School as an engineer, the sound of it sounded terrible. You know what I'm saying? For me to sit there and like, really, it wasn't pleasing to my ears. So, it and, and him from his from his social media and all this stuff, I don't take this kid seriously. So, for somebody like Joey that I think is actually gifted and takes his stuff seriously. To want to link up with somebody that do, that I feel doesn't, I ain't excited about it. Me personally, I don't want to hear the shit. I really don't want to hear no more music for this dude, man. He's 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 one of the problems with with new today rap and and people just overnight instant success because of bullshit. He's a he's down with academics and they talk all the time. No, I don't need to answer your question. Hell no, I don't want to hear that next <laughs> thing. If it happens to be good, I, I'm I'll, I'll apologize. I'll play it. I'll play it. Because my I'm man Joey's doing it. Dorney.
1: I trust, I would say this Joey would have, I don't know Joey from any, you know, I would, I would trust that Joey's met this kid and maybe mm-hmm. they had a lot of talks. And mm-hmm. maybe they are on a, some sort of the same wavelength. And musically, I don't know about musically, but maybe in a in thought process, hopefully, and maybe something's going to come good out of it. It sounds, because like I said, I think Joey, may, this may be a, a singing type, it may not be like a mixtape where we think it is going to be bars, because I know XXX can't hang with Joey, so this may be some type of new... Um, experimental type album that maybe Joey's been trying to to work on, and, and maybe this is going to be how he releases it. So that's that's my thinking behind it. I, I think Joey wants to kind of make maybe a contemporary hip hop CD, and <laughs> Triple X, like you said, on his album, isn't you know necessary hip hop or, or not hip hop, but just you know rapping with bars and things like that. It's a little different, so maybe. He heard this album and maybe he's been inspired, or he wants to make something similar, and not actually dropping a real album with this. Maybe this is going to be his outlet to to release something that maybe his fans, um, you know, aren't expecting, and it's going to be his kind of. I don't want to say trial and error, but a way to kind of release whatever he wants to release. And when it's a mixtape, I don't want to say it doesn't count, but at least he can get off what he wants to get off with this type of artist. So I I want to say I'm super excited. I mean, I'm always excited to hear new Joey Badass. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think Joey's going to drop some let some trash out. I don't think he'll do that. and And I'm sure it's probably going to be short, maybe like eight to ten songs. I don't think it's going to be like a full-length album. Um, but we'll see, but I understand what you're saying, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, I definitely feel you on that. Kid
0: be like a clown, man, like, you know what I'm saying, and it's like, we got too much, we got too much clown stuff out there, man, for it to just keep going down, and, and like all of his cases, I don't want to get into the personal stuff, but at the end of the day, that's what's put out there, that's what you know when you when you start to Google this kid's name, you're not going to see these things attached to it, it's always gonna be the headline. And I, and I think he thrives off that type of stuff. So, you know, for it, to, to link with a person and collaborate with a person that, you know what I'm saying, is just, you know, of the caliber that Joey brings to the table. I just, you know, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't want it to be taken as a joke or anything like that. And I don't know. I can't tell how serious this kid is. And he don't, like, let's, let's not get it fucked up. He don't gotta, prove nothing to me at all in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Like, he could do what he wants to do, you know what I'm saying? He's a young black man doing whatever he's going to do. If, if this is what feeds his family and all that other stuff, then great, more power to you, you know what I'm saying? But I just think when when things are associated with rap and when things are associated with the culture of hip-hop and it's not, you know, it it's it's already got... So much negativity in it, you know what I'm saying? And I just think that, you know, some, we gotta start taking accountability for some of that stuff, you know what I'm saying, when it comes out. But, you know, it, and it's not that I'm not, I, don't, I ain't the preaching dude, you know, we all like a little bit of ignorance or, you know, BS here and there, or whatever. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, when, when, it's, when it's somebody that's your favorite artist that you respect, one of your favorite artists that you respect, especially from the new school, man, Like I, I just don't want to hear anything that's like crazy. I will. I'm not going to style on it now anyway. I, if If they drop it, I'll listen to it and give my honest opinion of it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know. It, it, yeah, if, if it ain't gonna be serious, I ain't trying to hear it. That's that's how I feel about the kid, but, you know, that's me. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel, so, you know what I mean?
1: And, alright, so, one of our favorite shows that aired last year with one of our favorite rappers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Everyday Struggle. So, yep. I'm sure everyone's heard of Everyday Struggle. You got Nadeska as a moderator, you got mm-hmm. Joe Budden as the lead mic, mm-hmm. and then you got academics. Now, yep. you know Joey, he departed the the show at the end of last season, and everything was up in the air because I remember in January I was thinking, okay, you know they took the Christmas—I'm not Christmas, but the New Year off, like the first, um, you know, half of, the, of January off—and I was kind of wondering, like, well, I haven't heard no announcements. I thought the show was over and then I started hearing rumblings and rumors about Star which you know we all we all know about Star one of our favorite radio personalities that he may be on the show and I was like there's no I mean we know Star and mm-hmm. we know what Joe was doing not to say Joe was doing anything bad but a lot of controversial um, takes on stuff and a lot of stuff that a lot of people I mean I give Joe a lot of credit because he said a lot of stuff no one would ever say on mm-hmm. you know in a public forum at all and he got gave us a lot of insight and we know how what Star brings to the table on his end so now what do you think about the new everyday struggle because it's basically like we always talked about, it's like the first take for hip hop, you know, I think the success of it, you know, they kinda jumped over drink well this is last year, I don't want to say this year, but it's kinda like they took over Drink Chaps, a little bit of A Shine and the Hot Ninety Seven interviews, Graphics Club, it kinda felt like they became the forefront of of just everything to do with hip hop. Um you know, how do you feel about this new season? Um, you think Joe is replaceable? How do you think Star's doing? Or Because, um, you know, I've, I've even heard something where academics was saying that he's not even happy with this season. And he says he even said it's trash. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about the new season?
0: I mean, you know, if, if, shout out to my man Star, you know what I'm saying, Jersey all day. Uh, and I know Star's nobody saying, and he probably don't even care about those shoutouts, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Star... <laughs> no, nobody star-
1: said, get
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> nobody said, the hater misses nothing, the classic, like, just saying he's a star, man, and dude is a legend. Um, I'm happy for Star going up there and getting a buck. I know he said he's out here losing money, you know what I'm saying? So, um, You know, you can take that how you want it, but um, I'll put it like this, man. The, The show, I think what Joe did with the show is he allowed academics to grow. And I say that in the fact that academics, if you look at his Instagram, still has not hit a million followers, if I'm correct. I believe that that's the case. I stopped following the kid myself. You know what I'm saying? Well, he's, he's. I think he's like our age or whatever. Or maybe a little younger. I forget. But um I stopped following academics just because, you know, I just, I, I would occasionally go to the page to see whatever I might have missed in hip-hop because he covered a different lane than everybody else covered. Because there, there are certain things on Instagram, like, you know, baller alert or shade room that that keep you kind of up to date with like things that's going on in black culture, you know what I'm saying? And it could be things, it could be, it could be stuff from the negative side. I'm not going to put that on them and say that they just, you know, showcase all negativity because they do not. But um a, a lot of this stuff is gossip, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever's going on at the time. Baller alert was created because it was just letting People will know when a baller was literally in the city or whatever area. That's what it was for. You know what I'm saying? I've heard this about ball alert or whatever. Uh, and the shade room is, you know, shade. Somebody throwing shade or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what it is. So when I saw academics, I kind of looked like, oh, this is the shade room and ball alert for hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Because he would have... The fights he would have if somebody was getting at somebody, he would have the videos, he would have all of this different stuff. And I forget what the very first thing that I look to his page for, but I would always see it pop up with different stuff via other people that you follow. There's a there's a part on the Explorer page where. Uh, you know, whatever people that you follow, it'll pop up on their videos that they've even liked or looked at and this, that, and third. And I would always see him. So I started following him initially. What Joe did for academics was academics learned a lot from Joe. And he didn't, academics was not able to just get there and say whatever he wanted to say and let it be a hot take and just be cool with that. You know what I'm saying? Joe would not let him run with you know um, ignorant narratives. You know what I'm saying? That, that's just what Joe would not do. He would shut it down and get at him. The reason that this doesn't work right now, everyday struggle first off, because Joe brought a certain level of energy to their their academics is from Jersey as well. but academics was in the house. Joe was out the house. He was he was outside. He was he was doing he was in the streets. He was doing a lot of these things. He's he's from the streets, but not a street dude. He says it all the time. himself. Even though he used to be, but it was, you know, he's out of that life. Um, So he brought a different kind of energy. Act doesn't bring that. And the, the jokes and, and the outtakes and the many things that Joe brought that they were able to mean and put up moments and this, that and the third. You see, act try to do that with Star, and doesn't the jokes aren't funny? Um Star is Star is a professional. He's been doing this for so many years. He's a professional radio and media guy. Period. He's been doing longer than Charlemagne. He's been doing it. Just, he's up there with Howard Stern. It was with the greats of that. Like he's been doing it. For that long. So a lot of people who probably losing y'all, you know what I'm saying, if you don't know who these people are, go check them out. There's clips. Just put them on YouTube and you'll see some of the insane stuff that they said, but you gotta just look at how long they've been doing it and how they are able to keep an audience and keep you looking at them, engaged with them, what what they're saying holds weight. You know what I'm saying? People get upset over the things that they say. People feel some sort of way over the things that they say. What they these words that come out of these gentlemen's mouths move you. I would that's who I would compare Star to uh Howard Stern. Um Star He's not about the bullshit. You know, he is, you know, he'll say it. He'd be like, yeah, I'm on that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he wants you to get it popping, he wants you to get it popping. But when it comes down to literal things, I'll give you an example. Um, He kept trying to explain to Act why he was going to try to sue the game. And what he didn't understand, what what Act couldn't understand, first off, Act don't got a gun. That's number one. He's not a certified gun owner. So Star was trying to let him know that if you are a certified gun owner and you, a carrier at that, and you got it on you, because you have that, You can use it for self-defense. Now you can't just walk around. First person jump up on you. You got to do something. But when the game was saying what he was saying to Star, talking about that he was going, you know, threatening to beat him up, this, that, and third. We all know the game is tall. We've seen the game beat beat up forty Glock on on Wall Star. We've seen these things. If you look at Star and you look at the game, you pretty much think that the game is going to win that particular fight if he threatens to do something to him and if he sees him. So Star, as being a gun carrier, said that he was going to sue this dude for the threat and stating why he was going to do it because he said, as a carrier, if something were to happen, there needs to be proof of this, of why. Basically, he was trying to tell academics, if I'm going to wind up shooting this dude, I got to have a reason why. And he was not trying to come out and say it like that because they got a show this, that, and the third, and him having to come out and say, oh, I'm going to shoot the game, or I was going to shoot the game, and then the game hit him up. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't trying to bring more light to it, but trying to get him to understand the simplest thing, and Act kept trying to, like, joke with it, this, that, and third. Like, he wasn't, like, picking up on it. There are certain times where Joe would say stuff to Act. He'd be like, all right, I ain't going to argue with you. You know what I'm saying? Back to you, that's good. Star don't have that. He don't. He don't. He don't give act that room to be the character that act is. And act, I kind of feel like feels like he wants to take over where Joe left off and think that he is now
1: some, no, he the can't. reason
0: that people are. Yeah, he's thinking that he's like the reason why people are still tuning in, fam. The reason Construed that people were
1: tuning in less. Star, we we and I and I think what what Complex tried to do is they knew what they know what Star is capable of, mm-hmm. and they thought they were gonna get the troll Star versus mm-hmm. the more laid-back star, and I kind of, not saying it backfired, because I, I watch it four-star right now, because he does son academics. I remember the very first episode, he done an entire episode, and they must have told him to chill, because that, that first week after that, like, the, not the, the very first week, like, those rest of the three episodes, he didn't really do what he did that first day. And then the following week, like, the second week, he kind of got back to sunning... Star on, I mean not star, but act on everything he was saying. He was just clearly just matching them point for point, telling him he's wrong and why he's wrong, and very concise and, and sharp. So yeah,
0: exactly. Very professional. Yeah, so, and An like, like, oh, academic.
1: You know? academic, like you said, he wants to be what Joe was, but he can't because it, it, that's not his lane. His lane is more reporting, or at least just filtering and Ford Ford and his fans the information that's already out there and then exactly. Star you know gives his take on it but it, it, to me it's it's not the same show it doesn't have the same impact and i don't know where where the show goes from here i mean it's the last season had a lot of episodes i, I don't remember how many they ended up hitting total but do you feel like this one will reach that many months? Because I remember no, when yeah. Charlemagne gave it gave it what sixty. He said sixty days on the first season, and they mm-hmm. definitely outlived that. How do you feel this? What do you think's gonna happen? Do you think they'll change star? Because I know they won't let academics roll, Or do you think they'll keep star and just and just let this play out? Or how do you how do you see this ending?
0: I mean, Star said on one of them episodes, like, whether he, you know, if he decides to walk, you know what I mean? So, um, I think there's a possibility that Star sooner or later will probably walk off the show, you know what I'm saying? Because he's just like, I mean, if you get in a check, you get a check at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much, you know what I'm saying? I hit the count of his pockets or whatever, but, um, I mean, it's more visibility for him. Um, I'm sure he's back to doing the other things that he needs to do and has enough time because, you know, they do that show pretty early. You know what I'm saying? They, they record it early, they get it out there. Um, it's, it's a lot shorter. Um, I think there's less editing that has to go into it because, you know, Joe was just a different dude. You know what I'm saying? And it seemed like it was seamless when they, when they were recorded with Joe. But, um, excuse you with everything else that's going on with Star. I just think I think I think he's got better things to do. You know what I'm saying? To sit there and argue with academics. There's there's this thing that keeps going on where they brought up a topic about um I wanna say it's Lil Pump, the Gucci Gang song and Warner Brothers and what Lil Pump is going for for a um for a signing deal, I guess fifteen million or something like that off of one record and he keeps asking them has Warner Brothers filed any paperwork stating that they are trying to get this kid to not leave the label or whatever and at keeps saying that yes, they're doing this and that he's got inside information and blah 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 because he's like his whole thing is you don't give a kid you don't pump money into something that has the potential of like two to five years or, or not without getting your two to five years worth out of it. And it's like who the hell thinks Lil Pump is gonna be around for two to five years and especially off of once like nobody's even given these these new artists that type of the projection for for that many years to come. I mean, people are trying to get Uzi out of out of the paint already and he had one of the biggest records. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's no guarantee for somebody to have that longevity in this day and age that you're going to see them for that long, especially with one record. And you know, you could arguably say the same thing for Cardi B. And so she drops her record. You know what I'm saying? For for the many things now, Cardi B. You know, we you know I I I, I love Cardi. I love what she's doing. This at and third and she's out there, but she still has to deliver more music like once Bodak Yellow cools down you know what I'm saying people are going to be looking for other things which is what you see a label that that has an investment that's what an investment looks like because she goes from this from her record to putting out a single record and then doing a, 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 a press run for that. You know, that's when she was on fouling, and that, that brought more eyes. And then she the finesse record with Bruno Mars, and then she gets to the Grammys, and then she does a commercial that, that they aired during the Super Bowl. So the, the label and whoever, her management team, are doing things that they need to do to get her out there. Well you, you know about L- You don't think she's dropping an album? No. Why? Why you think she's not dropping the this
1: period? It, it's not going to happen. There's a, and that's the thing. Is there's a, and, and we'll speak on this on a lot of on different episodes, but there's a difference between Nicki Minaj, Remy Ma, Little Kim, Foxy Brown. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. say these women grew up in hip-hop and they always run to be rappers versus someone mm-hmm. who decided to rap overnight and has to have songs Tailor made to her or brought to her and, and her to perform. Not saying that, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of female rappers have ghost writers that something similar, but I think her not ever wanting to be a rapper and being a rapper overnight, it's going to take so long just to manufacture a hit song that people will like. So I think it's a different process. And then we're still, she still only has what one song out, and my writer is a is more song. Um, I think like Bodak and then Bodak Yellow is all it is is a remix to Kodak Black song. So that's not even really a song if we really want to be technical. So it's kind of like now the the art, the label is going to be shuffled around just to find some hit record for. But I don't know how that will culminate into an album of a story of her life when they're just more looking for you know streaming versus an actual album, you know, because, I, I mean, could she deliver an album, maybe, but if she's not a rapper in the normal sense, then how do, you know, if she's not writing her story or anything like that, then I don't know how you can culminate an album from from her. So I think they'll, they'll milk it for however long it's going to get milked until they find the next woman to, or the next thing to push, but I, I don't think we're going to get an album. Out of what what's happening right now, because we would obviously have more songs out, or just more, just more everything. I just don't think an album comes out of this. I just think more singles will come out, and then I well, I mean, I don't have you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I, I just don't see an album coming out if she never was a rapper to begin with. Huh, I got you. Because um, who, who's writing? You know who's writing her out. I mean, unless someone's out there physically putting together an album, I think they're more we're just trying to find more hit records versus putting out an actual album. Um,
0: that kind of leads into another conversation. Like, is the album dead? You know what I'm saying? Which is, uh, and that's not like say, Oh no, it's no, obvi- no! No 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 it, well, no no mean,
1: no 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 like a, the out, al- like the album, like CDs, or like somebody dropping an actual CD. Yeah,
0: like albums or albums. There, no, that's in no, the for, the,
1: the, for the new for the new guys who can't. Like I would say this for the guys who aren't necessarily rappers per se. Um, they they have to rely on singles, versus like real artists who who are creating. Music. They will always have albums out. So I think for the certain the new crop, no one really cares to hear an album. They just want to hear hot songs. So I think she's more along of that trend. Just like with um, um Young and May, I think people weren't necessarily waiting like like the EP that came out. It didn't really it didn't really move like her her single did. So I think certain artists you don't want to hear an album from, you just want to hear hot songs, and then they're just going to find the next person to... So that's kind of like where, I think, where the industry is going. That's why they're signing up a lot of these young acts. They're not looking for albums anymore. They're looking for singles that can stream and then, you know, and then just moving on to the next person. So that that's my take on it. Even, say, you know, you, is that what you're saying? Like, that kind of album...
0: Yeah, because I think nowadays when you leave it up to a label, you know what I'm saying, they're going to go by whatever they feel is popping right now, which is, we've heard it a number of times on the Joe Button podcast where, you know, they were talking about Uzi and he would speak on Mike Kaiser and um, say that, you know, well, Kai's wife is, uh, where's this Uzi album that everybody's waiting for? And he's like, why would I drop an album? Because, well, why would we rush to put out an album when this song is, you know, doing such and such amount of streams? Like, and that's all business stuff added to it, but the thing is this, when he finally did drop that album, Love Is Rage 2, I thought it was garbage. Honestly. I thought it was garbage. Like, you know, I don't... I'm an album guy, and I think that's that's something that people need to really make known nowadays when you speak about music like do you listen to an album when somebody says like there's a classic album let's say pink floyd dark side of the moon i had never heard that cd obviously i wasn't i'm i'm 34 so i wasn't around that time to listen to that not only that i'm from Jersey, you know, in the hood. Like, I'm not not in the hood listening to, not to say that people in the hood can't listen to rock, a psychedelic rock at that, but that's not what my parents was playing, you know what I'm saying? And that's not what my uncles and anybody else that influenced me when it came to music, that's not what they were playing. But I do remember a Lupe mixtape and he dropped a record called Pink in Any Color That You Like. And I remember it sounding so crazy. I'm like, where did he get this beat from? And that's when I, I think I might have asked you about it. I think I might have asked you where did this song come from, and you told me it was like Pink Floyd. I think you told me your pops listened to them, and Dark Side of the Moon. And especially at my time at the LA Recording School, you know, I learned so much about so much other music, especially classic rock stuff. This, that, and third. And, um, you know, just being Hollywood, Amoeba, all of that. So I got into it, you know, and and I went back. And all of these records that I would hear in classic movies that I used to love, like Goodfellas and My Affinity for the Rolling Stones and everything, um, I started to dig into it. Once you had access to the music, then I'm like, I listened to it. That's an incredible album an incredible body of work uh, a piece of art whatever you want to call it so i'm into it for the album if you got a record you got an album and they got like five joints and i know like that's that's in the realm of that's purchasable you know what i'm saying type stuff i get it but if you got an album like a classic album like when you when we really got to understand why Illmatic was was Illmatic or Reasonable Doubt was Reasonable Doubt when you really sit back and listen front to back when any of them five mic albums just go like those are some albums to listen to and there's other people that didn't make the five mic list that have classic albums and then you go and you look at R&B and look at Michael Jackson and Off the Wall Bad and uh, Off the Wall of Thriller and Bad those like I I heard something that Quincy Jones said in this little interview that he did with Khalid he said almost 800 songs that they went through to get 9 which ended up on Thriller you gotta look at how many like All of the songs that didn't get picked, all the songs that got scrapped, all the ideas, this, that, and third. And he said, even with that, you take the nine and it's like, what are the four weakest songs on here? People aren't doing that no more when you come out with albums. And no disrespect to the Migos or anybody, because we talked about this with this double album stuff. 24 records by the Migos. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that album. I have played it a number of different times. I played it for people in the car. I grew to it. It is good, new age, rat trap, whatever you want to call it. Is is it's what this the times are looking for right now when it comes to that. Is it is again like that's stuff that you could play in the club. This that and the third. But is it? Am I getting my mind right to it? Is it is it pushing me to go out here? And work every day and grind and do you know like the way music, what music does for me? No, it's it's still it's it's dance, have a good time, type music, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Turn up. That's that's what it is. It's, it's for that. But that's not the music that I grew up on, and that's not what hits me in my core. But I think so you what can I think still
1: have. I would say this. I, I think you can still have classic. Those type albums. I don't want to. Of
0: course.
1: I don't want to say like, like you you have to have a boom bap to have a classic album. No,
0: no, no, no.
1: Like you no, no. Like were saying, like um for, to be honest, I'm not gonna even lie. Even for our favorite artists, it's even hard for Nas, Jay Z, whoever to put out 24 great songs that we gonna love because once you start getting past a certain number of songs, like a length it's hard to have all all of them connect because that, that's a lot of music. And like you said, that's only a portion of what they even recorded because obviously you don't go in recording 10 to 17 songs and that's it. You probably have 40, 50 songs and then you narrow it down to this to make like a, you know, to kind of flow with the other songs that were created. So it's hard for anyone to do that but then like we said on the last podcast you gotta add a juice to even put out that many songs that people would even care about if you are truly loved because if you are truly loved if someone says i'm dropping this many songs you are excited you can't wait to hear every single song because it makes sense so chris brown has
0: an album that has 45 songs on it
1: That's that's, (laughs) forty-five songs
0: on it, and Joe is joking about the fact that he had to be on coke to (laughs) to make to make some shit. Like forty-five so are. Tell me right now. Tell me right now. Are you sitting down? Give me an artist that you'll sit down and listen to forty-five songs. Tupac. Tupac. Who else? Because Tupac has.
1: He has 45 unreleased songs, and more than that, that I love. Like, a lot of his unreleased songs are amazing songs. So he's one of the artists. That's the thing is, like, a lot of people adopted what Tupac was saying or doing, where he's like, you know what, like, his work ethic, him just pounding out songs. But that don't mean it's going to be quality. So you can go in and say, yeah, we just knocked out. I got, like, you know how we used to always hear artists say, yeah, I got like fifty, sixty, seventy songs done right now. I don't mean shit. You know what I'm saying? You There's
0: a hot take, but future. Ooh. Future future turns he he kicks out a lot of things from
1: what I hear. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm a future fan and the way his projects if you if you think about purple rain dirty sprite Two Fifty Six 56 nights that shit worked because every every one of those albums had its own type of production its own feel mm-hmm. and they weren't long either so it wasn't like these were like a lot of his songs are short on top of that um and so i i would say he he could he was in a lane where he could do it and it worked because mm-hmm. if, if for him to drop that many mixtapes in that amount of time, and if they was garbage, I think his career would be in a whole different lane right now. So I think he, not saying like he's on Tupac's level, but for what his lane was, and a lot of people copy what he was doing, it's just like it's a dumbed-down version of, of his style. But I think he, mm-hmm. he 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 successfully did it. So I, I don't want to, I know what you're saying, but I think he he did it right. I mean, if if you do listen to his music and you are a fan of it, his his mixtapes was hot. So I, I would say yeah, I'm, know, not I, I'm not gonna my style. Biggest, on it, but I'm my saying. biggest issue with him, or once he signed Apple Music, was they started to try to put out too much, um, mm-hmm. like the evil like that evil CD. I, I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't in the same vein as stuff that came out before. So I think they started to milk him and and kind of make him put out a little bit too much too soon so that that's my take on that um I, I think he has the talent for it but I think once once he kind of signed with Apple I don't know if he signed officially but I, that's why I believe back back when someone announced it when all that stuff was happening because so I think that was around the time you know he was with Drake and he did the the collab album so a lot of stuff was coming out too around that all that time but yeah i mean it's hard to come out with 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 a lot of songs and and they all hit and they all are what the fans want it
0: is it is it's it's very hard to keep up the uh you know with with what people's expectations are It's hard to keep people's interests nowadays because every every week you have somebody releasing something new um you know, a lot of people are tearing down his Justin Timberlake CD. Oh, I it
1: still should to, be. It, it, hey, we got to get him out of here, man. I, he, I still
0: haven't listened to it. A, it's a I country.
1: Heard, it's a it's a country album, and I and I kind of feel like he. I mean, I never listened to Backst- Well, either Backstreet Boys or N.C. Nah, I, I never listen. Yeah, so we never listen to that shit. Like I keep it a book. And, no, I'm gonna
0: keep it funky too. I never
1: listened to it. And then, <laughs> and then we think about Pharrell. Pharrell can make any. So I don't, I don't want to knock his talent and maybe what he's done. Um, because I mean, I I didn't I enjoyed Justified and hit album after that. 2020, I mm-hmm. didn't I I didn't like 2020. But it's, it's a, like it's
0: Love Sounds is five mics.
1: Oh, that's a classic.
0: That's okay. A classic. Think. That is a I, classic
1: we'll, we'll, we'll R&B we'll talk about album. That. But I of, love that, that album. That's the, that's the topic, though. Is like, did we expect him to make R&B songs? How did he get the like? Like, I don't. I never really listened to any of his interviews, but I know him of, of, of being a pop singer before he kind of dove into to this lane. And then now, with this new CD, he's still using, obviously, Pharrell and Tim, but just mm-hmm. looking at the track list, looking at the performance at the Super Bowl, listening to some, I, I listen to maybe half of it. The bottom half, actually, I start at the back of that CD. It sound like a country album. And, and, I'm to about it. It. and it's like Back I'm to the Woods, that, and you know what I'm saying? It's kinda, it just seems like he's, and as and he's older now, so he ain't gonna be doing stuff he did obviously 10 years ago. So now it's kind of seem like he's out of hip like hip hop R&B and kind of leaning towards a new sound, which sounds like country music. And now I don't know how to take that. You know what I'm saying? Like did he just use the culture, and now mm-hmm. he's just gonna pretend, just like Miley Cyrus is like you know, that's like, or even Post Malone, like all these guys are using the culture for, and I, I'm not going to call it culture appropriation. It could be, it, it may be, it, it It sounds like it, but it's kind of like they use that for for their benefit and then at the end of it, they start to move into what they really had in their hearts the whole time and it's not hip-hop anymore. So they it's kind of like they use that because like if you, if you hire Timbaland and I can imagine what your bill is for a Timbaland and a, and a Neptune produced album. I mean, how much are they charging you? Who can even afford that? You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's even crazy on top of that, but it's like, I don't know. It just seems like they, they're just in it for a while, but that's not where their hearts were truly at. And now they're they're you know, they're just moving on, because that, to me, I heard half of it, there's a little bit of of, of this old stuff on there, but it, it looks like it's leaning towards a country album, and I don't know, that's my take on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't make me jump out the window and run and say, oh, I gotta go listen to it, uh, even when I heard the first record, it was just like, oh, okay, that's cool, he's releasing something, you know what I'm saying, something different, and I was like, alright, you know, You know what I'm saying? But when it comes to R&B right now, you know, I'm going to give a couple recommendations or I'm going to give a R&B recommendation for anybody. It's definitely been posted on my Instagram, Um, TDE Artist Sir, and it's spelled S-I-R. If you look at it in any way, it's uh, capital S, lowercase I, and capital R. He's got an album called November. He's got other projects out there too. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, others, Seven Sundays and Her, and then at Her too, which is T-O-O. But, um, yeah, man, that, that album there, um, Sir, uh, November, incredible. This was released, um, it was released, man, I want to say like top of the year. Maybe the first weekend of uh, 2018, I went ahead and picked up the CD on uh, when he had an in-store signing. Um, I wasn't able to s- stick around; had to get back to work or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, I wasn't able to stick around for the uh, in-store signing thing. But he, um, dude, is dude is dope, man. Really smooth. Um, he gives you just a different vibe. He has a different voice. He writes all his own stuff. The production is amazing. Uh, you won't be disappointed if you, if you give it a listen. Uh, that's, that's definitely my pick. If, if I wanna, if I'm going R&B right now, I'm definitely checking this guy out, sir, uh, from TDE. And, uh, great project. Great, great album out. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been playing it ever since I got it. And I spent my money on it, and I'm not disappointed. I
1: put it mm-hmm. to you like that. That's that's my take on that one. Did you say he's from TDE? Yeah, he's from TDE. Oh, okay, well, speaking of TDE, because uh, we're in a. Um, did you have any any other topics you want to to go over?
0: Oh no, I'm straight on mine. Okay, uh, I got thing, go
1: Oh no, no, I was gonna say, speaking of TDE, um, did you hear the Black Panther?
0: Did I hear it? Yeah, I heard most of it. What do you think? I like it so far. From the little bit that I've heard, it's different. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not what I thought it would be. Cause there's. Um, I guess cause I, I tried it my best when I heard the first song. I thought the the first song that I heard off of it was all the stars. Um no, no no yeah, is that right? Yeah, that's the first song I heard with Kendrick and SZA And um I liked it. You know what I'm saying? I I liked it. Um but I think immediately I had to remember that I'm not listening to a Kendrick album and whatever I get from Kendrick on his albums, like I, I had mentioned to you about his features, I cannot hold that to the Kendrick that I get from the albums. That's how I felt about it. But um, so far, I like what I've heard. Um, I've only gotten to the Georgia Smith song, I Am. Um, but I've heard King's Dead already and I've heard Pray For Me already,
1: which I like those too.
0: But uh, so far from what I heard, I like it. You know what I'm saying? I have no problem. Yeah. It's a soundtrack. Yeah, I
1: liked it too. I liked it too. I I, I skimmed through it, and it, like I said on the last last one, um, it, it's good to hear a soundtrack. It's always good to hear music, especially from from TV and and Kendrick. So I, I I was feeling it. It's not something like I want to say I would definitely like go out and purchase, but I'll you know I'll, I'll play it and stream it. Um, but yeah, I was I was feeling it upon streaming the the CD.
0: Well, you know me. I, I still get the CDs, and I did go out and pick it up today um, because, you know, from what we talked about last time, man, Best Buy and all of them, it's, it's, it's about to be a wrap. And with Black Panther coming out this weekend, man, it was just like it, – it's – it's when you look at it, because the case is just – you know, it's all black, and it's got the um, – what I believe is the necklace that he's wearing. Um, it's, it's crazy to see this as a CD and then to flip it over, and all I see is TDE, Aftermath, and Interscope. Kendrick produced the entire thing along with Soundwave. Um, obviously, any production like co production is, is in here. Um, and, and it's little. this is the music from and inspired by the movie. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, call it what you want to call it. Pull out, pull the black card. I am definitely going to see this movie. I'm definitely going to purchase the movie when it comes out on Blu-ray. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, it's like, we, we don't have nothing like this. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't have too many things like this. Our soundtracks to our movies, um, you know what I'm saying? Are typically good, you know. And, and I've been collecting a couple of the soundtracks, like from Mo' Better Blues to Jungle Fever. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Batman, but Star. You know, speaking of Star, he said that. <laughs> Rest in peace, Prince. But he said he said the Batman soundtrack was terrible. <laughs> so I was gonna say that, but you got to start looking at some of these soundtracks, man. Where like, Stevie Wonder got to do the whole soundtrack with Jungle Fever, man. Um, Branford Marcellus, I, I think, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying right. Um, he did the Mo' Better Blues soundtrack, and it had stuff from the movie and things like that, but um, have you seen the All the Stars video? Yo, no, nah,
1: no, nah, I haven't seen it. Was Which movie had the Taj Mahal in it? Was it Mo' Better Blues or, or, or um, Jungle Fever?
0: The Taj Mahal.
1: Remember alright, so it was it was Halle Berry's first movie Jungle and then Fever. Jungle Fever. Oh um, yeah, that <laughs> we don't have to talk about Spike movies. That, yo. I yeah, Spike
0: is my favorite director.
1: You know, when they played uh-huh. the Stevie Wonder joint and he and he was like going to go see his brother, like, yeah. yo, that yeah, we we got a that's lot a powerful, of a lot of movies to talk about. Po-
0: man, that's a powerful joint right there. I have a collection of Spike Lee joints. Uh, Spike is definitely my favorite director, and I want to say behind Spike is Martin Scorsese. Um, f- for me, uh, I haven't studied a lot of directors, but I know the ones that stand out. Uh, Stanley Kubrick is up there too, and also Spielberg because Spielberg changed the way movies have been done. And, yeah, after um,
1: watching that documentary on HBO, that it blew my mind because you you kind of forget mm-hmm. um about what Spielberg did and his approach and it, it of blew purple, my mind. Man, the
0: color purple, like I mean, the color purple is like. Yo, and another thing too, man. And we we could touch on it, you know, because I know I mentioned it, but that Quincy Jones interview, man. Like Quincy Jones got, man, this dude. I just just even if you ain't seen the one with Khalid, and you know, don't expect much from Khalid. Like you're you're mainly watching it from from Quincy's standpoint because some of the jokes were that Khalid. Like Quincy Jones would give you a wealth of knowledge, and Khalid be like. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because he don't... He, he's 19 years old, fam. So like, what do you want him to say? But, like, Quincy Jones, yo, like, he's from Chicago. He said he didn't even want to do music. He wanted to be a gangster. Because his dad built stuff, built houses or buildings and stuff like that for gangsters. He worked around gangsters and that's all he wanted to be. He said, I've seen dead bodies and Tommy guns and piles of money and this that and the third. I, I, he was like, that's what I wanted to be a hundred percent a gangster. And 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 like like I think he has the most seventy nine Grammy nominations and he's won like twenty eight. He has the record for Grammy nominations for one person. Like the wealth of knowledge that this dude has, man, and just in and, and all the stuff that he's seen and the barriers that he's broke through, like so many, like I like I got a book on him that I uh, I picked up from Amoeba, and uh, you know he's another one as far as when people say greatest producers of all time, Quincy Jones is one hundred percent at the at, at, at if not the best. He's a hundred percent at the top of that list. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to you got to look at the work. You and and that's part of the. He might not be on mine or or, or yours or anything like that, but there's certain people that I mean, he's had to be on mine for Michael Jackson, dude, like for just the stuff that he did with him, with the, with those three albums right there: Off the Wall, Thriller, and Dad. There's not a producer in the, in his lifetime that can compete with that with that that run those three albums, there's no producer alive that can compete with that run. Period. Like, that's the highest, most selling albums of all time, like, with this one guy. And it was him and them. Obviously, there's writers and everything involved, but when it comes to producing, like, damn. Like, what the hell do you say to that? Like, Michael Jackson, uh, that's a whole other conversation. I definitely want to have that. Cause I, I, am I need people to put respect on that bad album. Cause not nobody mentions that or anything like that. That's a whole other conversation. I want to, I want to dig into that. But, um, nah, Black Panther, man, I, I got it. Um, I can't wait for the movie. Uh, Amar already has his ticket. He's going to go with his grandmother, my son, and, um, You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely going to link up with Mina. We're going to go check it out. Um, It's going to be a big weekend. It's supposed to be one of the biggest movies, box office of all time. Like, I don't think people understand how big this joint is supposed to be. And, I mean, every time I see the commercial, man, I'm just like, I'm I'm just hyped, man. I feel like a kid, you know what I'm saying, going to see this shit. Like, I'm super hyped, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to enjoy it. And if it's that ill, man, I'm gonna see that shit again. I don't care, man. Like, I just, I can't wait, man. It's, it's gonna be a big weekend. I, you know what's crazy? I'm, I'm so much more hyped over that than the damn NBA All-Star weekend. I know we don't really touch on sports way too much or whatever, but I'm, I'm more hyped about this than, than All-Star weekend. So, like, I, I can't wait, man. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to Browns. So that's, that's gonna be me on the weekend. You know what I mean? So, that's, that's, how, uh, that's how I feel about it. But, yo, um, you got any more uh, questions or any more topics, things you want to touch on, or you want to save
1: it all for the next episode? Yeah, we're going we to save it for the next episode. Uh, all
0: right, no doubt. We'll check this out. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate y'all rocking with us, like, as we do every other time. You know what I'm saying? Same time, same place. This episode is coming out a little bit late, but look, we still fed you the joint for the week, you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. We'll be right back at it coming up this week.